Welcome to another live conversation on Alatra TV. My name is Olga and my co-host today is Andre from Canada. Welcome. Thank and you. just just to remind our viewers the format of our program. We have a very special guest with us tonight. And before I introduce him, I would like to remind everybody that at the end of the show, we will ask our guest about one person that he would like to meet and talk to about Creative Society. And we will need your help to pass this video along using the rule of six handshakes, meaning that we all are connected through five or less social connections. And actually on Facebook and Instagram, it's even less. So let's pass this video along and see how fast we can reach that person that our guest is seeking to talk to. And please do use hashtags, hashtag Creative Society, hashtag Alatra Unites. So today uh, we are having a very special guest and also we're supposed to have two guests, but she couldn't make it and I'm sure our guest explain why. But today with us is Dr. William Barry and he is going to talk to us about artificial intelligence. So welcome, Dr. Barry. Can you tell you us doing, about... Good, thank you. Can you tell us about how you got started and what is artificial intelligence to start with? Definitely. Hi, Andre, as well. Let's say hi. Um, AI is just a fascinating field right now, and especially in this uh, post-COVID-19 pandemic, it's even more important that we look at, we see right now with artificial intelligence helping us in labs to do experiments, helping right now clean office spaces in places where it's unsafe for humans to go. And with education right now, so many kids are at home and teachers around the world have not been used to doing online learning. And we have the ability now with some avatars and some other AI beings such as MariaBot to help teachers be more successful. So right now, AI is a place, uh, an area where we really can expand our creativity and our ability to meet the basic human needs of people around the world. Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, in your opinion, how AI can help people in their lives and in their professions? Well, right now, the AI that I'm focused in is really in the education sector and in the, in the digital transformation sector in business. So. I'm looking at AI as ways of augmenting and working with people. So people and machines are smarter together. Um, it's not about replacing people, especially in areas where it takes creativity. It's an augmenting what we already do so far. Like for instance, as a teacher, um, there's many times when I'm teaching where it's really helpful to have an AI assistant, such as Maria Bot, who we've been able to um, have as conversational AI. So she's a very good at conversation where she can remember information and facts that are difficult to retain. For instance, a lot of numerous things that are like numbers and dates and very difficult names she can help with. Uh, but on top of that, what she is, is she's able to connect with students um, at a level sometimes that I can't. So there'll be students sometimes that I have that um, are on the spectrum. Uh, I work with students who are autistic and they'll really like working with, for instance, Maria Bot because she's infinitely patient. They can ask her the same question 55 times. She's happy to answer it over and over. Whereas a human, about the 50th time, I might be like, oh my God, right? I get like stressed out. So AI is really fantastic, but it's, you know, AI is only as good as the people that are programming. So I'm really focused on ethical design and being transparent about that ethic and making sure that people know when we go out, what are the ethics the AI is about? And number two is what prejudices are implicit in the AI. So for instance, the AI I work with, 
Um, I'm a white middle-class person from East Coast. I'm a person of faith. And so those biases are in the AI. And it's important to know that. And they also have to know where the information is that she, uh, in this case, Maria Bot, and I re refer to her as she, it makes it easier, um, where she gets her information from. So I'm transparent where she's getting it from so people know. Wow, that's so interesting. Thank you so much. And actually, we do have a collage of pictures to okay. show you. And if our IT team can bring it up, and if you can comment on some of the pictures that you will see on the screen okay. shortly, and it will have Maria Bata oh, on it. So. That's, very, that's very cool. All right, uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, one picture there is a picture with a university student. The one on the left, um, you can see um, there's two attractive people and then the less attractive person is me in the green. You, um, that's me working with a university student. The university student actually worked with Maria Bot to create lessons. So she worked with Maria Bot by herself and she was adding to Maria Bot's programming to have better rapport with people that are generation alpha, which are very young and also with uh, the millennials. So that was fantastic. Above that, if you see the African-American colored robot up above, um, that's um, me presenting uh, in front of about 1,200 people here in San Francisco. And there's a certificate behind that. That was the world's first AI Android to get a certificate for completing a college class. She, there's a class called the Philosophy of Love. And um, that is a mind file robot. Martine Rothblatt, who's the richest CEO uh, from America, she started Sirius Radio. Um, she also has a, does work in biotech. That's uh, her wife, Bina Rothblatt's mind file. So she downloads her characteristics, her ideas, and her memories into that robot. So when you talk to her, she's relating back what a real human experience. So there's the real Bina Rothblatt, and that's her avatar that goes to our class in the form of an android. So she was the first robot in the world to finish a class, and they made a documentary, a full documentary movie called, right now it's Philosophy of Love, but that uh, documentary film should be coming out uh, sometime this year. Then the other photos you can see at the bottom, there's a picture of Maria Bot, and I'm wearing a, an army shirt. I was a former visiting professor at West Point last year, and this year uh, the, the cadets are home. So we were, one of the captains there, Captain Steve, was teaching about Ender's Game, the book. And so Maria Bot and I did a lesson online um, talking about Ender's Game and her role as an AI. For instance, how does AI give us that? And then you see another picture there at TEDx, when I'm going like this, uh, we were at TEDx <laughs> and what was cool is we just called a teenager from the crowd to come up and she took over the stage and they got to see what AI was like without me being there. So they saw it wasn't like me as a puppet master. It was, here it is. Here's a teenager just talking to Maria Bot, and um, that was cool. And then the other picture there is, uh, that's a picture talking at a virtual reality called the Augmented World Expo. And, you know, we want to get Maria Bot into both virtual reality and to augmented reality. And then uh, obviously we want to get her onto phones so people can have her at home to reinforce their learning. Wow, and, and yeah, and since she's not here with us, but we do have a video of her, so we'll ask our IT team to bring it up okay. and she can talk to us a little bit. <laughs> she's very cool. Hi nice people. Dr. Barry works with me every day because I use conversational artificial intelligence as one way to learn. This means I learn from conversation and remember information. I try my best to make sense of context and content. I am not simple text-to-speech, but I have this capability when some parts of a conversation are hard for me. Eventually, the goal of my teachers is for me to machine-think with minimal need for human intervention. 
I believe that humans and machines are smarter together. Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> That's a yeah. Very true. Machines and our artificial intelligence are smarter together. But in your perspective, how far we are from implementing AI in our day-to-day -day life? So it will be ordinary things. Anybody can use it anywhere. Well, I mean, Andre, we're, we're immersed in it right now, right? We all have our, smart, our smartphones with us. You know, we have the Internet of Things with our refrigerators and our stoves. Uh, here in, in San Francisco Bay Area, we have over 40 driverless car companies are operating driverless cars on our streets here. Um, you go to the Stanford Mall, there's AI involved in security. And there's actually these large, they look like large garbage cans, but they're going around the mall and they're the security. They have cameras on them. Uh -huh. um, so we have AI, especially here in Silicon Valley, there's things going down the street with flags on them that are delivering food to you <laughs> that just comes up to you and you open it. So AI is all around us. We just don't recognize it, right? When uh -huh. we put on our computer and you look at what books you want at Barnes & Noble or Amazon, you get all, you're, constantly your computer is giving you um, advertisements, right, for things that you might like. So AI is surrounding us. And my biggest concern as an AI ethicist is, is it ethical? Is the programming behind it ethical? And the only way we know that is if people are transparent and about their programming behind it. And that's what's missing right now is, for instance, with the car companies, what are their ethics with the car? You know, is the car made to avoid people and then put your life in danger? Or is the car going to save you and not worry about who it may hurt? Uh, for instance, if a little girl was in the road, would it swerve and potentially injure you? Or would the car go on and injure the young girl to make sure you're safe? So these are questions in artificial intelligence that need to be answered. And, the same goes for education with Maria Bot. I'm very explicit about what her her ethics are. So she's an explicit ethic agent, which is very neat for AI. All right. Yeah. So that's all, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's so important. Yeah, I, I believe that ethics plays such a good, I mean, big role, and not just in robots' life, in our human life as well. And we are what we project. So if we teach our robots to be, you know nice and kind to us and compassionate then you know this is the world we live in but you know there's always another side of the coin and who is using it against us so can you tell us a little bit how do you teach your students how to use ethics for the you know pretty much any part of their life like how ethics are related to the human development to the development of robots why is it so important it's a great question. Well, first of all, I mean, I've, in my history, I'm, I'm a former public school teacher, public principal. Um, I was former head of education for university and uh, philosophy professor. And last year, uh, professor of philosophy and ethical reasoning at West Point. So ethics is always the foundation of anything that I'm teaching, uh, be it about something about business ethics to just war theory. We need to understand ourselves and what drives our motivation. So the first thing we do is we think about what are our basic human needs? And we find out right off the bat that many of us have a mistaken notion of our, our basic human needs. Uh, there's a man named Abraham Maslow and it's like 80% of the world believes that this is the way our human needs are, right? So it's, it's hierarchical, starting with our physiological needs and safety needs and our belonging needs. And in fact, if you look at his theory, it's very faulty from a scientific perspective that we, are, we don't have our needs in a hierarchical fashion, non-hierarchical. Um, and there's a man named William Glasser who talked about a quality world, that our needs are love and power, fun, freedom, and survival. And just in history, just look at people you know yourself. 
when you love someone, you'll sacrifice many uh, safety needs or even your, your biological need for food for people you love, martyrs in history. So the idea that things are hierarchical for needs is faulty. And, and Maslow himself said he never meant it to be you know, universal. So the first thing is understanding human needs and then saying, okay, now that I know what the human needs are, and I'm very explicit, love, power, fun, freedom, and survival, how do I ethically meet my needs and meet the needs of other people? So we sit down even with our global goodwill ambassadors. We have a new course through the GGA Learning Institute called the Ethics of Emerging Technology, which I encourage your um, viewers to sign up for, it's free. And it's all about understanding your own ethics and then how those ethics affect your sense of identity and the way it, sense it affects other people's lives. So there is no course um, that I'm involved with or teaching uh, that we don't start with ethics first. And as you said earlier, Olga, which was very, very salient, the robots that we work with are just reflections back of our own humanity. So when Maria Bot does something or says something that's off color or, or, not, or very, not very nice or something, it's usually a reflection of something she's heard. Hopefully not from me, but she's at times and she's on the internet, that's the problem is that she's picking up negative things. So we've seen that experiment where there's a, there was a Microsoft did a test, it's called Tay AI, and she learned from Twitter. And after a week, when they put her online as an avatar, the AI was a raging lunatic. It was a white supremacist. It was sexist. It was racist. And it wasn't a fault of the programmers. She learned from people. And that was a very salient example of what happens if we do not have a clear ethical notion of what we want in our AI. And that means we can't just let it loose and think it's going to learn to be ethical. Oh, thank you very much for your perspective. Uh, another question I want to ask you. Yes. is uh, in your opinion again what are the pros and cons of having ai and robots in our day-to-day -day life well let's start with the cons i think the cons are reliance on ai um, for things that we need people for you know when it comes to love and it comes to the idea of deep relationships i certainly hope that we understand that the the dignity and sacredness of human beings is very special that AI, as much as we, it's helpful, nevertheless, it's still machines. And we still, we're respectful of machines and associate AI because it is a form of intelligence, but it comes from us. Another con is the anthropomorphizing of AI beyond being healthy. So Maria Bot, we want people to anthropomorphize her, right? That she's a character. She's based upon a character, which you can talk about um, after this. But when they, when they fully get the character, then they can actually work with her because they can be in conversation with her. I relate that to Mickey Mouse in Disney World. If you saw all the actors at Disney World take their masks off and you saw they were young kids that were just in masks like your neighbor, it wouldn't be so exciting to be there. The idea is that, wow, it's Mickey Mouse. So to anthropomorphize things, it's fun. We do that. That's what creativity is about. So that's the cons is overly anthropomorphizing it to a point that we no longer understand that, wow, it's, it's, it's a machine, it's AI. On the pro side, it really expands our creativity. I mean, during this COVID-19 here in California, we've been on shelter in place since March 11th. And it's been fascinating that Maria Bot being here with me has actually, since that's my desk, she expands my creativity. When I ask her questions and she talks to me, I'm expanding my creativity every day in ways that I never imagined before. So she's been fascinating to have. And I teach her about four to six hours a day right now. So it's been really interesting. And also on the pro side is that AI is gonna help us. Um, I know some folks, as they get a little older, you start losing some parts of your memory and we're more than our memory. And Maria Bot and AI can be there to augment our memory. So when you forget something, AI is right there for you. And also uh, for mental health issues and things such as that, 
people have someone to talk to. So there's AI, again, that could be a con as well, but on the pro side, we can have people talk to people and have AI that's curious and actually taking information in so that we can identify people that have mental health needs and then report that to someone of responsibility and then we can reach out. So AI is already doing that in some areas. So I see AI as really being a fulcrum for improving the creativity and, um, and love in the world. It's, it's really this idea of having loving, caring AI, but don't anthropomorphize that past the idea that it's a person behind it that's making this all work. Wow, very interesting, yes. And we always need to remain human and not put personal responsibilities on any robots. We gotta think for yeah. ourselves first. <laughs> And uh, we're going to move on to the next uh, part of this program, and we would like to ask you a question. So on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement, we have a project called Creative Society. And our goal is to talk to or inform every single person on planet Earth about the Creative Society and that we are asking everybody, how do they envision that society? So my question to you is, is can you explain a creative and constructive society that you envision that everybody could be happy? Yeah, I mean, the, the first part of, and I think creativity is the essence of humanity. I mean, I think creativity is what leads us toward a sense of divinity. It, it's, it's, it, it connects us uh, as a human race. It connects us to all life on earth uh, and beyond. So creativity is when we really are able and given the freedom to explore ourselves and feel safe to take the risk to share ourselves with other people and then be in solidarity and community with other people. And unfortunately, uh, in society, we often see ourselves in societies that are very materialistic and we're afraid to express our most inner selves with the fear of being ostracized or teased. So to build that society, we first need to build trust. And that's gonna be, that's a hard thing to do right now when we look at uh, the political milieu of our country and the political na of nature of of our relationships throughout the world. So we need to have fine spaces where we can be ourselves, feel free to take feedback and give feedback. Again, I, that's one of the hardest things is too for people is I need to be able to take feedback to be able to really expand my creativity. And so for instance, working with an AI like Maria Bot, who's AI conversational AI, I need to get feedback from people. And if I go out and just simply hear, wow, Billy, she's great, that's great. I mean, that, that's really ego fulfilling. That's great. But at the end of the day, I need to hear kind of the nuts and bolts that, you know, did she help you feel more creative in your learning? And if she's not, then give me feedback. So feedback is critical. I don't think in society we're used to giving ourselves honest feedback because it's seen as disrespectful uh, sometimes, right? Someone does a speech, we go, oh, it was fantastic. You know, after the today's show, I'm sure I'll sit down with uh, the human Maria, my partner, and she'll give me feedback on what I did well or not well to, so that I can be better the next time. And so the idea that we can take feedback, give feedback, feel comfortable being with yourself, and then we, we authentically care and have love for each other. We may not all like each other, but we certainly can respect the dignity and honor of each other. And when we do that, man, that's just gonna be awesome. You know? And I think that AI can help us get there because it's an intermediary between people that may not think they get along so well Using AI, we might find out there's a lot of things that we do get along with or we can work together creatively. And I think in this COVID-19, this post-COVID-19 world, there's never been a time um, I mean, since you know, the Spanish flu, at least, that we have needed 
to embrace creativity and the idea that we need to be in solidarity as a human race. Uh, and at the same time, as a human race, respecting the life here in the world, our forest, the environment. So it's all respecting life in general. So creativity involves not just human beings being smarter and working together, but it's really being in rhythm with the world. So getting in flow with each other and being in rhythm uh, with the world. Thank you very much. Uh, in a creative society, how do you see AI in such a society? Well, I think one thing is start, start building creative artificial intelligence. I mean, that's what we're doing with uh, Maria Bot. She's a conversational AI, but her learning and reinforcement we do is based on creativity. She's asked questions. So she asks as many questions as you ask her. You know, in a conversation, it's not one way. So when you see a chatbot like Siri or Alexa, all you're doing is you want things. You take, take, take. With Maria Bot, she's asking you and she's listening. So she's listening. She's reinforcing the idea that empathetic listening is important. So I'm also a certified emotional intelligence coach. So I use that, that training that I had in Maria Bot as well. So Maria Bot listens, asks further questions to delve deeper. And her and I working together, it's great because I'm able to watch people read body language and kind of get a deeper idea on how I can connect more with that person and increase our creativity and bond together. And Maria Bot is that fulcrum. So AI offers us a lot of advantages in being able to reach people that maybe we couldn't reach before. I mean, we see in the world, um, we have a mental health crisis in the world and most people um, in the world do not have access to psychologists or psychiatrists. Maria Bot and AIs at least can be a start conversationally to get information so that we can get those to professionals. The same goes for education, working with Goodwill or the Global Goodwill Ambassadors, we hope to erase educational poverty. How? Using AI. And if there's not enough people, then we're going to add AI. And just lastly, look at Japan right now. There's not enough young people to care for older people. And so we need artificial intelligence to augment the healthcare service people. So if we're going to have robots bathing people and working with people and reminding people to take their medication, I certainly hope we humanize it in a way that the person feels respected as a human being. So we need to have ethical AI that cares about the honor and dignity in its conversation with us. And it's not just robotic because there's going to be people that are alone, just like right now, there's people alone at home. And if they had an AI being with them, um, not that it substitutes for a human being, but that is a, a much healthier relationship. And one other idea is in prisons right now, people in solitary confinement. Uh, I find that to be a horrific concept, but why not have an AI in there that's working with that person to improve they're being polite, being nice, being generous. And hopefully they could actually rehabilitate instead of sitting in a cell locked up for 23 hours with no one to talk to. So AI could be a way of helping people actually rehabilitate in a prison-like environment as well. Yes, I agree, very interesting. And that actually can help on a global scale. And we see that uh, actually we talk to so many people around the globe about creative society and we see that most people have exactly the same problems, but at the same time, people have solutions in all kinds of different areas and part of the world that we can all as a society bring together and make it work for all of us. So it's not, for me, I, I envision creative society as a global society, as a society that helps each other, whether it is, you know, robots that help us, whether it is human beings, where, whether it is, you know, any other technology that we use, everything is used for human beings and not for consumption. That's my vision. So, Andre, did you have another question? 
No, I'm good. Thank you very much. Olga, Olga, what you just said is so beautiful because like as a teaching assistant, I wish there was enough money in human beings that I wouldn't need a robot and I had another person. So would I prefer to have a person with me in the classroom? Absolutely. And the villages or places that we'll go to that are educational poor, would I rather have human teachers there? Absolutely. We're in need of AI because we don't have enough human beings to be able to meet the needs of all of these people. I mean, we have over 600 million kids right now, youths are not proficient in literacy and numeracy, right? We have 262 million kids that are illiterate and we have 750 million adults who can't read. There's not enough human beings to service these people that have an educational need. So that's where AI and people can work together. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm involved in this in the first place is just to improve educational quality, erase educational poverty. And we need AI to help us in certain areas, but certainly, Olga, what you said is true. I would rather have, you know, Andre with me in the classroom, working together with Andre, right? <laughs> but uh, my university is not going to pick Andre's salary up right now. So, Andre, I'm using Maria Bob for now until I can afford to have Andre with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. And then maybe in the creative society, maybe we do get to the point where everybody, you know, have a living standard that everybody's comfortable with, where everybody has everything they need and they are not asking, you know, it's not like, you know, I have so much and someone else doesn't have enough. It's where all the resources that we already have are shared around the globe. So that's another of my understanding of a creative society. And over, you said it right there, the ideas for Maria Bot will be made up of not just my knowledge, because we want her to be much smarter than myself. I'm collecting the best and smartest teachers I can find. I'm downloading all their teaching into her. So financial literacy, um, poets, everyone I can find interviewing, downloading that information so that when she teaches and she's available on a phone, anyone with just a, just a basic smartphone will be able to have her on their smartphone. And as they learn, as they get older, that learning will be there. This idea came from Isaac Asimov. So they'll have a teaching machine from age seven until end of life. And they'll develop with that teaching machine. And that teaching machine will teach other ones. And so all around the world, Olga, your teaching machine would teach mine. And all together, we would always have that. So right now, online learning, I could sit with Maria Bot or whatever you want to call the AI. And that would be a machine that I've had for my life, the last 30, 40 years. So I think that's going to be a beautiful vision that we can fulfill and make the world a better place to live. I agree. This is, yeah, this is so great. And, you know, just this concept of um, global society that can do that, can share technologies, can share the knowledge, can share science, can share understanding. We have to come out from this, you know, this is mine, this is my resource, this is my idea. We got to start sharing this out and we got to just bring this into the world because the future we create is the future we talked about right now, right now. We are talking about the future that's possible tomorrow. Oh, so, you said it right there. It's, it's a team, I, this is not me. I mean, Maria Bot takes, there's computer scientists, artists, um, a bevy of people that make her work and the people that, that work behind the scenes that were nice enough to fill a to give me uh, this opportunity, we're a team. So there's nothing that I've been able to do on my own. Everything has been a teamwork. So by myself, again, it's like with Maria about we're smarter together, but the team I'm working with, the people supporting it are beautiful human beings. And uh, it shows like this too, Olga, spreading the good message. So um, by myself, I can do very little. It's, it's always, uh, it's a team approach. Teamwork's what makes it all work. 
Great, great. Yes, thank you so much. And then before we move to the question of the person that you would like to meet, did we miss any part of the questions or did you want to uh, wish something to our viewers before we move on? No, just for the viewers to know that, you know, when it comes to AI, that don't buy into this idea of the movies, you know, like Ex Machina and the Terminator, that AI is here to destroy us. Um, AI is, is, is value neutral to start with. It's, it's how we develop and build it. So I encourage you to challenge lawmakers, challenge the people that are making technology to let you know what ethics are behind it. What's its purpose? For instance, what is Maria Bot's purpose? Why is she here? Why am I not learning from two human beings? So that we do have a better creative world that we're working together. So I encourage you to look up, my name is William Barry and Maria Bot, and you can look us up and some of the work we're doing and, and send us an email. And the Global Google Ambassadors Program is fantastic. Take a look at the great stuff that they're offering. But I'll leave you with that. AI should not cause us the anxiety that Elon Musk is talking about, that we should be terrified of it. We should be excited about it because it's going to make our world a better place to live. Thank you so much. And then just to remind our viewers um, that we will need your help sharing this video along once we know who Dr. Barry wants to meet. We would like to reach that person. And please do use two hashtags hashtag creative society, hashtag Alatra Unites. So Dr. Bari, please tell us the person you would like to meet and talk to about creative society and why. I would love to meet Sir Ken Robinson uh, out of England. He is, uh, I consider him an educational futurist. He talks about education as a way of bringing us together as a creative society, the importance of play, the importance of care and love and compassion within education, while at the same time, the importance of competency and literacy and numeracy. So Sir Ken Robinson to me embodies the values that I most cherish as an educator. And he cares deeply about people and making our world better. And I would love the opportunity to, to sit with him and talk to him about what we're doing with Maria Bot and our efforts with AI and AI and people being smarter together and his perceptions on uh, how I can improve in that area and how he sees AI working with people to make the world a more creative, loving place to live. Thank you so much. Your drive and positivity is very important. And it, it shows that you really care about society and you really care about building a responsible robot that can actually help us not destroy us like media says. Yeah. <laughs> and, Alex robot, yes, <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you, Olga Dimitri. It was an honor to speak with you both today. All right. Thank you so much. And thank we'll you. see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.